Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Well, it is. So I use a little liquid courage in the form of their favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom they have to offer. Today, I sit down with Alex Kasman and we sip on some cannabis tea. Alex is a talent agent and manager at Fountainhead Talent here in Toronto, and she also happens to be my acting agent. After studying theatre at Dalhousie University, Alex decided performing was not for her, but she still loves the entertainment industry. She worked in makeup and special effects for seven years until she woke up one morning with a severe allergic reaction to what she later found out was a common ingredient in makeup. This abruptly ended her makeup career, forcing her to pivot. From there, she worked in casting for a little while until finding a home as a talent agent and manager. Being a talent agent can mean different things depending on the type of talent being represented and where you live in the world. So to set up a basic understanding before we go into the interview, in Toronto, Canada, a talent agent is someone who represents multiple actors at a time with the ultimate goal of helping them obtain work. Essentially, they are an actor's representative in the entertainment industry. So an agent will submit actors for auditions with casting directors, they'll negotiate contracts for actors, and advocate for them along the entire process from the time the actor auditions for a role to when a movie, commercial, or show is released. They do a lot. You might hear the terms agent and manager used interchangeably. In the States, an actor will have an agent, often more than one agent, and a manager, both doing different things to help the actor in their career. But in Canada, our agents are both, agent and manager. So again, they do a lot. It's no secret that acting is a highly competitive field, and it can be very difficult to get an agent. So it's no surprise that I was very nervous to interview Alex, but I think I did a pretty good job of pushing aside my imposter syndrome and fears, and ultimately I had such a great time getting to know her on a more personal level. So Alex is an agent and manager, my agent in fact, and someone I admire immensely. Hi, Alex. Hello. Okay. I have to say, ah, okay. We're freaking out over here. Everyone on Patreon watching, you'll see we're freaking out. I can't believe that we're doing this, Alex, because, okay. I have to say this off the top and I need to just like get it out in the open. My biggest fear. For, okay. So for listeners and, and well, you would know from the introduction, this is how, this is how like uh, flustered I am. You're my agent. I, I love you so much. And my biggest fear. Oh my God, stop. My biggest fear for this episode, it's going to end and you're going to, I'm going to get an email and you're going to be like, I don't really want to represent you anymore. Like you're not what I thought you were, who you are. This entire interview is going to be me fighting like my deep, desperate need for you to like me and want me. So anyone watching on Patreon, like every time you see me like sweating balls or like thinking that I want validation from Alex, like take a drink. That's the drinking game. <laughs> I've listened to this podcast. Like I've listened to, I haven't listened to all the episodes. I will be honest, but I've listened to a lot of them and I genuinely like it. Oh, thank and honestly too, if like, if I didn't want to basically, <laughs> if anything was up, I would be like, Ooh, I'm so busy. Doing <laughs> and absolutely. I believe you I'm so busy, not leaving the house, Yeah, not leaving the house. <laughs> but that's true, actually. And I would believe it. I would it's very, be like, you'd oh, be like, I'm, I'm busy. So swamped. <laughs> like, smart, smart food kernels. Kernels just all over the shirt. Yep. I'm so excited we're doing this, Alex. And something I didn't tell you, and I take it very seriously, not springing things on my guests, but this I was okay to do. You're my finale episode for season two. Ooh. Ooh. I'm so nervous. <gasps> I did. 
I did okay, it. I me, did yeah. an Instagram live like a few months with Heath B. Salazar. Hey, Jesus. And it was very fun. And, but for the, our, uh, my assistant Liz, she's not, she's not with us anymore. Like she's not with the company anymore, but she was like, yeah, you, you, the first 15 minutes, you looked like you were going to be sick, but then you warmed up. So <laughs> thanks Liz. All right. If Liz, I, if, let if us that's know. how I look, if that's what comes across, that's not, I'm not. No, you look fucking fabulous and you're so cool. And today, like even your liquid courage choice, I was just like, of course your liquid courage choice today, cannabis tea. And can I just say, first of all, so I've never had it before I have her. I'm so excited, but also it comes real full circle because last season I did an episode with Aurora Brown and I literally immediately, she asked to do her liquid courage to be smoking weed, even saying weed. Like, I don't know what to say. I don't feel cool. I say cannabis cannabis. Okay. To smoke some cannabis with Aurora Brown. I literally reached out, was like, Alex, can I do this? Like, is this a bad idea? Is this a good idea? How, what do you think about this? And now it's full circle. Cause now we get to do it together. Well, yeah. I mean, and also too, like, I mean, first of all, not everybody drinks. Absolutely. For a wide variety of reasons. I don't drink mm-hmm. and you know, it's nice to, it's, it's nice to have cannabis be legalized because it's, you know, like there are people that, that don't consume alcohol that want to relax and want to enjoy and unwind. And there's, I mean, I, I started using it for the medicinal benefits. Mm-hmm. It's criminalized for a bunch of dumb reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, I mean, this is a whole other conversation, but I, and I I don't, I don't have a problem with people that enjoy drinking. Mm -hmm. I always kind of felt like I was missing out on something, but I just always find that like, I just, I have a theory that it's, it's, you had to weigh the two in terms Mm -hmm. of what's worse for you. Mm -hmm. I feel like the alcohol would be worse for you. I could totally agree with that. The, the, the morning after either one, for me is like such a stark difference, even like one glass of wine. And I can feel my face swollen. I can feel like I feel it in my body. I feel so different. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I was, I would say to my mom, like, okay, what's the, so I, I'm scared. I'm scared. I was like, okay, well, what's, what's the worst case scenario? Mm-hmm. What is the worst case scenario? You're going to eat too many chips and have the best sleep of your life. <laughs> Not so bad. <laughs> Not so bad. Well, and I know, so I, when I went to the store to go buy um, some cannabis tea, I got there and I said, oh, hi, um, I'd like to buy some tea. And they said, what kind of tea? And I immediately was like, oh, didn't even ask a follow-up question. So I bought a chilled sparkling cannabis tea with THC in it. And then Ooh, I nice. bought a hot tea with just CBD. And I have both of them here. I'm very excited to try them. So what kind of tea do you typically have? Like what kind of cannabis tea do you typically have? I honestly have never had it. I have never had it before, but somebody gifted me with different tea bags. Oh, fun. And some of them have THC, some of them have CBD. So I had some, I had like, had a little bit, I made like a little mixture because I've never had them before. And they're very, like, it's very much, it's like the THC content was pretty mild. So yes. Yeah. So you can mix and try the margin for error. Well, yeah. And I mean, CBD is sort of like, it'll, it balances it out. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to like be super giggly. Well, you want to be coherent. I'll be embarrassed. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And that also goes for guests like when we're drinking and we're always like, they're always like, we want to be coherent. You know, I just want enough where I can like ask you a question and get over my constant. Like I want her to like me. And uh... there's a difference between like enjoying a joint and like, you know, like doing so many edibles that you can't move. Like there's a difference, just like there's a difference. Like there's, it's, 
there's a difference between having a glass of wine mm-hmm. and like doing eight shots and getting blackout drunk. It's and like, being on the floor. There's Absolutely. A spectrum. There's a spectrum of how fun it is to hang out with you in those moments too. And I know, so you mentioned that it's a personal choice that you don't drink and you had brought up that you, or you had prefaced saying that you would be okay kind of sharing what went into that decision. So yeah. What yeah. led you to make the decision to cut alcohol out? It, just, it doesn't make me feel good. It yeah. really just doesn't make me feel good. And like, it's, I've got some stomach issues and mm-hmm. it's just like, it's not, it's not that I can't drink medically or that I, but it's just, it really, it really does not make me feel good so yeah. much to the point now that even like, if I smell it, I'm like pretty grossed out. Wow. It's like a Pavlovian thing. Yeah. It wasn't always like that, mm. but even if I like, and my boyfriend bought these, um, these Pellegrino waters, they're just flavored waters mm. and it was a cherry flavor. And I like, I've got, I've got one of my, one of my, oh, hey. so he was like, Oh, he was like, Oh, this, you probably would like this. And I opened it and I took a sip and there was just something about the flavor of it that reminded me of like a, the aftertaste of it, probably the, the synthetic cherry that just reminded me of an alcoholic drink. And I was like, Oh no, no, oh, no. It reminds yeah. me. It reminds me of booze. He's like, really? <laughs> well, shit. I bought a case of it. He's like, well, <laughs> well hell. Hey, <laughs> shit. Well, you know, but I just, it's like, if I ever wanted to have a drink mm-hmm. and then I smelled it and I was like, all right, I don't want to like <laughs> the smell of yeah. it. Doesn't make me want to gag. I would have a drink. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if that will ever happen. I don't think it will, but I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. Do you feel like you have to justify it? Like at social gatherings, like, do you, is it, do people ask you a lot or things about like, oh, why aren't you drinking? Well, people ask like, yeah, I, like people are just nosy. I mean, I'm nosy too, <laughs> but people yeah. are all the time when I'm like, oh, no, thanks. Or, or I just honestly, like, I just say no, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Or instead of like, I used to say like, oh, I'm not drinking. They're like, oh, why? Which doesn't bother me, but it mm-hmm. might like, it's just like my bother somebody. Yeah. Just, like what's it, what's it to you? Who cares? Yeah. And just move on. It's so interesting because I feel like there's not that follow-up. Why? When it's like, oh, hey, do you want some chips? No, thanks. But hey, do you want a drink? No, thanks. Or I'll just have water. I'd I'd be asking why someone doesn't want chips. Like, why? (laughs) Are you a psychopath? What is, you're like, Like, you're either a psychopath. Like, what's going, are you allergic? What's going on? What's going on behind those eyes? You don't want chips? Because I, I mean, I've never turned down chips. Myself. No. And chips don't make me feel great. And I literally ate a bunch today, but I was, and I know they don't make my stomach feel great, but I love them anyway. But I mean, what am I, what are you going to do? I want to tell you, so this, this sparkling, um, yeah. cannabis tea that I have because the flavor, I just chose it. I, they, I don't know. They told me a bunch of information. They were so helpful. I didn't understand, but this one's called it's a lemon, honey, and ginger chamomile sparkling tea. Ooh. Does it taste good? It tastes pretty good. I mostly taste the ginger. I have to say. Your glass is so nice. I'm like drinking oh. out of a motivated by cats well, and caffeine mug. And I don't even have any cats. Well, I have another mug because I have a hot and a cold. I don't know. I'm going to be sweating in here. I don't know what I'm doing. And I've got my, my insure. Oh, you have like a whole buffet of drinks there, eh? Loving it. <laughs> Get on Patreon, people. You can see all of these. So Alex, I have known you for a number of years. I actually can't remember how I met you, but a friend of a friend, I think. And then in me working in casting and you were, you were, and are talent agent. Wait a minute. I have a question. Yeah, please, and please. If this, if it sucks, we can cut it out. You can cut it out. <laughs> so were cute. you 
the one training Ashley Como when she was working at Powerhouse and she left the voicemail where she was yes. laughing? Was yes. that you? Oh man, I think I still have that voicemail. It was I think so I still good. Yes. So maybe that's how we like officially, officially met. Like I know before that, I knew of you from other friends, like through Becky and Lauren and Jen, like I knew, but, but I think that was like officially meeting, but I, I still, I don't, I don't know much about you as a person. So I'm so excited to get to know you a little bit, a little bit today. Okay. So I, one thing I really want to ask you about, I'm not great at professionally pivoting is what I'm going to, what I'm going to say. And I know you have pivoted multiple times in your career. One example for viewers and listeners. So I know you went to theater school and then when you got out of theater school, you went to George Brown for makeup and you, I didn't realize in my research, I learned you were like running a makeup business, working in that world for like seven years. That's a long time. I guess so. Yeah. It's about seven years. I guess it's, you know what, when you're biased and I always think of you as an agent, I'm like, whoa, what do you mean seven years somewhere else? Hasn't she always been this rock star agent? Yeah. It's, it's, it's now actually been, I think it's like six months eclipsed the same amount of time that I've been an agent that I was a make. So I've been an agent longer than I was a makeup artist. And it's like whole other, I mean, a whole other life. And when I, when I learned that you like woke up with a very severe, what you learned later was a severe allergic reaction to makeup and had to like force to pivot your entire career path. I'm curious, like, what was the process like for you deciding to go a different route than you had imagined? Like maybe first out of theater school and then after makeup, like what is, what is changing your career like for you? How, how is it hard for change? This is why I'm afraid that I'm going to be a bad guest. Cause it's not why? a great story. It's not a great story. <laughs> so like I, I went to theater school. Yes. I didn't become an actor because I honestly, no good, not good at not, not very good. I was not, I was like, I'm not that great. I'm really not <laughs> like, I don't, I was not the worst person in my class, but mm -hmm. I absolutely was not like somebody that showed an extreme amount of promise. I don't think. I think, I think if I had to like place myself, I was like, yeah. fine, fine. Did you feel like that? Or were that like, was that like in Mark, like you, were you looking at marks? Like, what were you using to make that judgment? Um, so in my, in our fourth year, we had to do four shows back to back to back. That was like how we got our honors credit. I think mm. I'm basing like the roles I got in all the shows. I think I'm basing that on like the roles I got on the shows. My, my grades were good, but it's weird when you go to theater school at a university, it's not like a mm -hmm. conservatory. They like you pay money to go there and well, you pay money to go to a conservatory, but it's like you're at a conservatory. You don't have to, I don't think they have to grade you like numerically mm. or I, I don't know, maybe they do. I don't know, but mm -hmm. I feel like if at a university, it's, they have to grade you a little bit differently. So I just remember we had to write journals for our acting class and my <laughs> classmates would get very irritated. And, I don't know how you can grade a journal. These are my thoughts. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, it's just an assignment. Like it's a university, man. They have to put, it's, it, they have to put a number on the paper. Like don't put yeah. your real thoughts and dreams in there. Like, just like, come on. <laughs> real journal. It's, it's an assignment. It's not your real, it's an assignment. Yeah. It's yeah. Not your real, no one's like asking you to pull your dear <laughs> diary out from under your pillow. It's yeah. just an assignment. Yeah. So like, you know, I liked theater school, but I wasn't like, clearly I wasn't like into it that deep. If I wasn't mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I was like, mm. I was not a terrible actor. I think it was fine, but I, the bottom line is I could tell that there were people around me mm. that wanted it more and were way better than me. 
And oh, I was like, there's yeah. other things I'm interested. There's other things that I'm interested in. And like, I'm just going to keep schooling. Yeah. Go work at Chopper's Drug Mart and go back yeah. to school. And then how did you feel about working in the makeup industry? Like, did you feel like, oh, I want this? Like, was it like, oh, I'm like those other actors. Like I want this as bad as they wanted acting. It was something that I could really, like, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I honestly, the best way I can explain it is that just like, I really liked it. I liked working on my skills. I was, I was just very into it. I was very mm-hmm. into doing well at it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not somebody that's been like really into doing well at, that makes me sound like I'm like a big lazy blob. I'm, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> you are not a lazy like, blob. Yeah. But like, no, but like my best friend, like my childhood best friend, who's like such a smart, amazing woman. She was very like, she was like very motivated to get straight A's. And I was just like, eh, you know, <laughs> yeah, very motivated to pick a major in school. And I was like, theater. Okay. <laughs> sure. I'll go for something I like. So, but like when I, when it came to makeup artistry, which I did learn in theater school, by the way, it mm. was like, we had to take character makeup classes. I wasn't mm. somebody that like, I wasn't like very, like, I didn't wear a lot of makeup. I wasn't like, it just, I learned through theater school. So I was like, okay, like creating character is the most interesting part of this. I want to like learn more about that. And I've always, I don't know. I, I like working with people. I think we can all just really benefit from another person's perspective. Mm. And it's like, if I could do someone's makeup and just like see something that they can't see in themselves and they see that thing. And it may, I don't know. I just like, it's an energy exchange. Mm-hmm. And it's also just, I just also liked painting faces. It was fun. And I happened to be good at it. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that about a great many things either. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're explaining about like, perspectives and like, it was nice because if you were doing somebody's makeup, maybe you could see something in them that they couldn't see in themselves and then pass that on the energy exchange. I'm like, that also sounds, do you, I mean, do you find that there's any similarities in that in being an agent? Yeah. So I did. Um, oh man, this feels like such a, a lifetime ago, but so when like, I call it my face fell off because so what happened was I was working for Mac cosmetics and I had a freelance business that I was mostly doing weddings. So I would work Mm -hmm. at Mac mostly during the week, sometimes on weekends, but a lot of my weekends would be spent doing wedding makeup, or at least one weekend day would be spent doing wedding makeup. And then, um, my skin got like, I always had really sensitive skin. Like I had eczema when I was a kid, I have always just had like very sensitive skin and I just noticed like, as I started working with Matt, cause you have to wear a lot of makeup. I used to get in trouble all the time for not wearing enough makeup to work. Oh my god! They used to like, oh yeah. They used to like haul me to the back and be like, sit down, put more on. Oh yeah. This, this hilarious guy who was one of my managers was like, sit down now. I was like, okay. It's like, this is called Ruby woo, honey. I want you to learn about it. Write this down. You go to the pro store and buy it when your discount kicks in. Okay. Satin tobe on the eyes. Okay. With the 217 brush, watch me. Oh and my God. Like, so serious about, and I'm not going to lie. Like when he was done, I'm like, I do, I, I would like, I should like to, I should like to buy these items, but I just used to get, I used to get in so much trouble, so much trouble. Oh my God. Oh yeah. One day, this one manager held me the back and was like, we need to talk about what's going on with your hair. I was like, (laughs) what? Why? What did they say? Because I'm always like, I was like always rolling into work like like (laughs) this. And apparently that's no good. I don't know. It was a different time. I feel like nowadays, maybe it's a little, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't, it didn't really fit in. 
Yeah. <laughs> met some, met some really cool people though. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, anytime I'm always like, Oh my God, I want some of the confidence from these people, but, but you were saying that you woke up. So I woke up. So I've been working yeah. there. I've been working there for about four years and my skin just was getting like rashier and rashier. Mm. And I didn't really like think anything of it. I would just put more makeup on to cover the rashes. And then one morning, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating when I, I say I woke up one morning and I went to open my eyes and they barely opened. And I was just like, I was like, Oh, I I didn't like freak out. I just was like, Oh no. (laughs) Oh no. And so I like laid there for like a minute and I was like, okay, I can tell like my, my lips are also like very, so it was like, it was like, (laughs) so eventually I just like get up, go to the bathroom, look in the mirror. And I was like, Oh no, very bad. I have a photo in small, like collage form. I mm. used to have tons and tons of photos of them. Cause I used to have to take photos of them. Every time I have a reaction, my doctor was like, take a photo. So I had like <laughs> a whole photo album of all these horrible reactions. And, but oh. I like, I just deleted them. Yeah. Just get them out. <laughs> but of it here. was really, it was really, really bad. And that first like initial allergic reaction, and like, I could never go back to work. Like I was out, like I never went back to Mac. Yeah. Never, well, because what are you supposed to, to do? You there. go in and they'd be like, put more makeup on. There's no way you can't. It was very like, it was very upsetting. Yeah. Very upsetting because I couldn't, I couldn't work anymore. Like this whole career that you've like built for yourself. Oh yeah. No, no more. No more gone. Bye. Like, no more job. No, no, no. Bye. Everything. So that was not a fun year. I spent like the <laughs> no. next year. I spent the next year trying to figure out what I was allergic to, but because mm. I didn't know I kept having reactions. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, it was just so annoying. Mm -hmm. It was so annoying. And also this sounds stupid, but I was single at the time. Like you can't like, how am I going to like, it's not stupid. How, and especially at that point, like you always have awesome makeup looks. Like you always just look very sweet. No, but you do. You always put so you always look like so like your hair, your makeup, all, like so put together, so beautiful, right. so creative, You're so nice. And well, it's true. And I can imagine if you're like going to go on a date, you have all these skills and you want to like put them on your face to feel all cute and stuff. And you don't know if you're going to like uh, react. I didn't even look like a, not even that. I was like, I don't even know, like if I'm going to like, just wake up one morning with yeah. like, <laughs> because I found out what I was allergic to and it's stuff that's in everything. So it wasn't just oh, makeup. Shit. It was like, it was like absolutely everything. Perfect. Of course. And that just makes the, the, the investigative yeah. process even harder. It still happens once in a while. Really? Once in a blue moon, it'll happen where like, I'll touch something and I'll touch my face. Cause it's called, it's like called allergic contact dermatitis is when you yeah. touch something and it, it get a reaction. And I hadn't had one in like, so I probably get one maybe like once a year. Mm. but they're not as bad and they don't take as long to go away. Yeah. Whereas in the before, because I was just bombarded by all this stuff I was allergic to, I would like, my face would blow up and it would stay that way for like two, three weeks. Oh my two, three weeks. Oh my God. Oh, I, The first one, the first reaction I had, the first like bad reaction I had that were the morning where I woke up, it was like, oh no, uh, it took two weeks for the swelling to go down. <gasps> and then the skin around my eyes was like, look like raw meat. 
And that took her like about another two weeks to heal. It was not a good time. Oh my God. is isn't fun. So like they're less intense and they, Mm -hmm. they can, I can get a handle on them quickly, but I had to go to a wedding for the first time in years in, in May. And I woke up the day of the wedding and was like, you've got to be kidding me. You like, haven't needed to leave your house and stuff. like weddings have not been a thing. The one you have to go I was like, oh no. And I, and like, I looked at my boyfriend at my partner. I was like, oh my God. He's like, listen, he's so like, not, he doesn't get like emotional. I was like, oh my God, what do I, what, what do I do? He's like, he's like, it's not your wedding. No one looks looking at you. We're just wear sunglasses. He goes, nobody cares what you look like. Just wear sunglasses. And I was like, this is a Jewish family. I got ants. I got a booby there. People are going to care what I look like. Okay. Yeah. They haven't seen me in real life in a while. Some Wouldn't of these matter. people, they just care. They just oh. need to assess. They need to like size everyone up. And so <laughs> I wore some, like I took a lot of Benadryl and like applied a lot of ice and I got the swelling mostly down mm-hmm. and I put a lot of makeup on, but like, I looked like, I, I looked like <laughs> I, this is sort of what I looked like. <laughs> and I've, I don't think I've ever looked like this, even if I've been like when I've been really, really high. So I was going to say, that's like the TV, like when people are acting like they're high, it's the TV high. Yeah. I looked like that, but it was just because my eyes were like so swollen and it was outside and it was so uncomfortable. And so I put the sun, I put the sunglasses on and I wore them. I think the ceremony started at like seven, you know, and the sun was still out by 10 o'clock. We were like into peak dinner. The sun was setting and Greg looks at me and he's like, you look stupid. You got to take those off. You got to take them off. Just take them off. Wait, you, listen, we'll just go with the alert. No sugarcoating it. You look, yeah. you look stupid. It looks stupid. Take them off. <laughs> just take them off. Just take them off. Was this at this wedding? Did you, um, did you post a picture from the wedding? Cause there is a dress that I'm thinking of. Was it with your brother also in the picture? Is that dress rented from Fitzroy? No, that oh, is a dress. dress. That is a dress that I own. It is the only piece of formal wear that I own. <laughs> it's a good only piece of formal wear. I love it. And I bought it for my best friend's wedding five, five years ago. I was one of her bridesmaids and that was the dress. And my mom, who's like such a fashion fashionista, she's like, oh, you'll get a lot of, wear. you'll get wear out of it. And I'm like, where the hell do I go? It's beautiful. I love that dress. I think I tried a similar one on at Fitzroy. They have like this maroon color version. I, that dress is beautiful. So your mom is right. I love it. Mom's I do right. love it. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you a little bit uh, about being a talent agent. It's, I just, okay. So, well, first thing I think, I think your career is very like mysterious to a lot of people. And I'm sure a lot of people have who are in the industry and not in the industry have a lot of like misconceptions about it. So I'm curious, what is like the most common or most ridiculous or most annoying misconception you feel like people have about what it means to be a talent agent? Okay. There's a few. Okay. Love it. There's a few, there's a few, but I think they all sort of boil down to the same stereotypes. I'm mm. just going to throw a name out there. Yes. Ari Gold. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. From Entourage. Yes. Yeah. And listen, in media, mm. there's pretty much two sort of like talent agent characters that are memorable. 
And I mean, in my opinion, yes, I'm thinking of another one. I'm wondering if it's the same one as you. I'm okay. So well, let's say it at the same time. Okay. So you've got, you've got Ari gold and on, yep. the, on the counter, they will say, we'll just say their first name. Okay. One, two, three. Estelle. Estelle. Yes. I was going to say, thank God, just first name. Cause I actually don't know what her last name is. Estelle from friends. I actually don't know either. You know what? Maybe she doesn't have one. Like she's like share. Yeah. She's infamous. Like anything in life. Like we think everything is like it is on TV. Yeah. So people either think that my job or that I am like Ari gold or that I'm like one. I hope, I hope not like Estelle. <laughs> Okay. So what, so for people who have not seen friends or entourage, what is like a word you would use to describe each one that you feel like people assume of you too? I think they're very, 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 very different characters. Yeah. But one thing that they both have in common is this word. It's a Yiddish word that my, that my booby uses and it's macher and macher. And I think it, it literally, I think it comes from the word maker. Hmm. Like, um, if someone's like, if my boobie's like, oh, they, they, they think they're such a mucker, like a big shot, like a big, oh, like, okay. Th- yeah. Now I hope that's not an offensive term. <laughs> I, don't I really don't <laughs> listen. My, my boobie's almost a hundred, like, listen. there could be some stuff, but so let me, I'll do like a retake in case we find out that's offensive. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like a common word to describe both of them would be like this sort of like. A little bit of like a smarm, like I, hey, like I'm gonna make you a star, mm. and and like that's certainly not how it works. Yeah, absolutely, not in my experience. I'm, I mean, maybe there, are, I'm sure there are people that operate like that, but it's just I'm also I also became an agent in a different time. Mm. You know, my colleagues have been in the business twenty years more than I have. Mm-hmm you know, they've seen a lot change. And now like they used to send headshots out like via fax and they would be on the phone all day with people. Now, nobody wants to answer the phone. Nobody yeah. wants to be on the phone, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I, I wonder like when you tell people that you're an agent, like when I'm out, whether it's in, mostly when it's like not industry events, like it's like a friend's Christmas party and I'm going and meeting people or whatever. Sometimes when I tell people that I'm an actor, or if I say I work in comedy, like the response, I often kind of regret telling them. Cause it's either like, Oh my God, tell me a joke. Or like, Oh, uh, what movie are you in? Or like perform for me, perform for me. Or like, it's like, they give me unsolicited advice of how I, sh- how I'll be able to act with George Clooney. If I just did their one piece of advice. Everybody's an expert, right? Everybody's oh, an expert on everything. An expert, everybody, and it becomes exhausting. Like even just entertaining the conversation sometimes. Sometimes, and I could see with you that maybe people would see your job title first, like that they would kind of see you as like, what can she do for me? Versus seeing like human Alex first. Okay, you you said something really interesting. I think yeah. like, I think all across this industry, and I think it can be really really stressful. Yeah. There is very much a thread of like, who are you and what can you do for me? What can you do for me? Yeah. What can you do for me? And I mean, you could say that like, listen, like that's a part of human nature or like we're all looking out for number one, but I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it either. Cause also what are you going to go home? You go home and you know, a bunch of like people and their job titles, but like, you know, their names and their job titles and you know nothing about them and you've made zero connections. And I find it even outside of the industry. Like if, if I'm at, like I went to the dentist, she was pitching me her show 
while working on my teeth, asking if I could write her show. I'm like, I can't even trying to get my own show. So I'm just wondering, like, what is it like for you going to parties or events or anything, whether it's industry or not, what's your experience in telling people what you do for a living? Do you want to sometimes just lie and say something else? If it's an industry event, it's a lot of the same people. And we all sort of know each other. That's true. Okay. Yeah. I find I don't have to sort of like explain who I am or, or what I do. Um, but what if it's like actors? And then I feel like, the, wouldn't they like not be able to get to know you? Cause they would want like, Oh, can you read? I don't me? know. I honestly don't know. A, a lot of people that I work with are in a similar age and stage in life to myself. And I feel mm-hmm. like there's a really great camaraderie and a sense of peership there. Yeah. I don't know. Well, now I ruined it. Now I ruin it. Cause next time you're going to be at an industry event and watch, like, you're gonna be like, there's going to be actors coming up and like buying you drinks. And now I'm, now I'm making you double check or double. No, I like, well, I don't know. I, I do, I do find people interesting. So it's like, mm. I find like, I don't know. I hope anyway that I'm like this. I think that I'm like this. I don't, I, I prefer to ask somebody about themselves. Yeah. I'm also like, straight up. I'm just not a very, I'm not a very interesting person. I'm just not like Alex. Oh my goodness. How no, like, do you think like, that? I like, I just, I don't, I, you know, like I, I work and then, you know, I like used to play, I did a little bit of, I used to play trampoline dodgeball in the before times, but like, and you know, like I've got a huge family that I used to spend a lot more t- Well, you spend time with them in the before mm-hmm. times. And that's like pretty much my identity is like my work, my family, and like my relationships with my few really close friends. I don't know mm-hmm. why I just made that weird little claw. <laughs> I was, I was excited when you made the claw to find but out what like, the claw meant. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like when people meet me because mm-hmm. I, I've had like, you know, like out there hair and, you know, like I, I think people will see like how I look and mm-hmm. assume that I'm fun or like cool. <laughs> And I'm not. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, anytime that I have been around you, you have been very cool and very fun. You're very sweet. No, like, I think like, I feel, I feel like my greatest asset or someone asked me like, what would be your superpower? And I'm like, my yeah. superpower was tricking like these cool people, like my best friends into being my friends. I like, <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how, but I managed to like, just collect people that are like way cooler and smarter and funnier than I am. I just get to like hang out with them. (laughs) Oh my God. I want all my loved. Like I, that's so nice. If you're like fangirling over the people that you love, I mean, you want your loved ones to also, I bet you your loved ones like fangirl over you too. I'm like, Oh my God, just this talented, smart, funny, amazing, like risk-taking woman over here. I don't know. I mean, like one of my best friends, my childhood BFF, the one who I bought the dress to be in her wedding. Mm. She lives really close to me. And sometimes in the morning I go over for early morning breakfast or like to help her with her kids. And I have like, just made so many messes in her new house. I spilled <laughs> paint on her light hardwood floor, red paint. No, I've spilled coffee three times in her new, it's her first house. I spilled coffee three times, <gasps> three times, each stain bigger oh, than no. the now I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed yeah. to, I'm not, yeah. I'm not allowed beverages. Uh, Maybe just no liquids at all. Like paint. No, no, I'm not allowed. Drinks. I'm not allowed beverages out of the kitchen. The kids yeah. are allowed. 
<laughs> I'm not. The kids are three and a half and one and a half. They're allowed to like take their three beverages out of the kitchen. I'm not allowed. Yeah. Like Alex, excuse me, come back here, please. That's not happening. And for my birthday this year, Jana's her name. She got me, she was, it was like at each other, both born in October, it was get each other little things. And I went over to her place. She's like, here you go. And it was a mug. And I was like, oh, thank you. I, I love mugs. And she was like, it's got a spill proof lid on it. Oh, a little gift for you, a little gift for her. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, are you serious? It was, it, it was, oh. it was awful. It was awful. <laughs> I felt so bad about it. I was texting everyone about it. I was texting like her sister. I was texting her mom. I was texting like the guy I walked down the aisle with at their <laughs> wedding. Well, Okay. Something else that I feel, I feel like a lot of pressure to like, stay on top of like knowing every TV show and like every movie that's coming out and every director, I am wondering how much pressure do you feel? And like knowing every new director, every TV show, watching all the stuff, that's like a full-time job in itself. I don't feel any, I feel zero pressure. Oh, I love you. I want to absorb all of this. Why help me? I don't, I don't feel any pressure because like, well, here's the thing. I don't have to like every show. I just, mm -hmm. I have to like, familiarize myself with the tone. I like watching TV. I like watching movies. I feel mm -hmm. like if you don't, you shouldn't be in this industry. <laughs> this industry. Yeah. You yeah. Just shouldn't. The red flag. Like, yeah. I, I always have like growing up, my brother and I just like consumed movies, mm -hmm. mostly movies. Like we did watch TV shows, but it was mostly films mm -hmm. just consume, consume, consumed. And like before IMDB was a thing, there were these big, thick books called video hounds. They're like encyclopedias of movies. And like my brother, like had like a million editions. My brother's a filmmaker. He like grew up to be like a writer, director, filmmaker, and, and no one else in my family is in the arts. Like my parents aren't in the arts, but then both you and your brother. Oh my gosh. No one else in the arts. Well, I've got like, it's not in my immediate family. Like we have other people that are like in-laws that are in the arts, but no mm -hmm. one, in, no one in the family is. So we just, yeah, I, so I just like, I love watching movies. I love watching shows. I don't like every, I don't listen. I don't like everything, mm -hmm. but I check in with everything, you know, at least once. And sometimes I surprise myself. Sometimes I really surprise myself. Okay. Something I, I checked out and didn't expect to like, but then I watched a few seasons of it was Star Trek. And that's like, not sci-fi is like generally not my thing, mm -hmm. but I'm still going to like, you know, see what this show's about. Yeah. And I got totally sucked in and I been to watch two seasons. When you're watching shows that are made in Toronto, where you can like recognize the people, does it pull you out of it? Are you able to enjoy it still? No. Yeah. Like it's also, <laughs> even if you don't know anyone in it, like, you know how the sausage is made. That sounds like a really mean, um, no, but you know, so much of the behind the scenes, like, can you really enjoy it? It depends what it is. Like, yeah, sometimes I can, and sometimes I really can't. Mm -hmm. Um, but also too, like, I, okay. So let me explain it like this. If I'm watching a client or a friend in something, mm -hmm. it's always enjoyable because I get to see someone's work. Yeah. Right. It's always enjoyable. Do I get to experience it in the same way as like, you know, my boyfriend does as an audience member who's literally just like turning on the TV to just like observe the story just to watch? Mm -hmm. No, it, because I, you know, it's like, exactly. Like, you know, you know how it's made. Yeah. Or like, you know, you can like, or I'll be like, oh my God, like that was like, that work was so good. Like I haven't seen them do anything like that before. And he'll be like, huh? Like what? Like he, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just a different experience. So it's always enjoyable to see someone's work that I work with or that I'm friends with. Um, 
there definitely have been times where like, I will have a client working on a show and it's a show that I like, and I have the script and I'm not reading that script because I want to try it. I want to try and enjoy it as much as I can. And like, you know, but I'll I'll tell them, be like, listen, like FYI, I'm not reading this. Like, I really don't want to read, but of course, like sometimes I I have to, because I have to flag certain things. Of course. Yeah. But like, you know, there will be, there will be certain times where like, if somebody, for example, is going to be like, meet their end, I really (laughs) like, and and I'll tell, and I'll tell the person be like, I really, I don't want to find out. I don't want to find out. I want to be surprised. And they'll either be like, I would really like you to read this anyway, which of course I will. Yeah. Um, but you know, that hasn't happened. Yeah. It's like spoiler alert central. You're going to find out all the spoils. Yeah. And I mean, obviously if there was something that came up in the script and I was like, listen, I really want to, I really want to go along for the audience right on this. Yeah. If obviously, if anything needs to be, if, if you, if something is wrong, please, mm-hmm. like, obviously that, that supersedes anything. Like of course. Yeah. My, profes- my professional commitment supersedes my like wanting Spoiler to alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But no, but that happened. I was like, listen, if you're okay with it, I would really like to not read these because yeah. I would like to, but you know, if, if there's anything is up, I'm obviously on duty. And- yeah. I'm on duty. Yeah. How are you about going off duty, having off work and like cutting off work? Cause I mean, this industry, like, I mean, and so many other industries are like 24 seven, like not good. Oh my God. I don't know how you do it, Alex. Like you have like, it's such high stakes. People are like, these are my dreams and blah, blah. And this is my, a job and blah, blah. And there, and you have so much of that energy, like at you, how do you turn off work and enjoy life? How do you do that? I think it's hard. And this goes like, honestly, for most, for anybody that's working at home, mm-hmm. it's really hard to do that right now. Yeah. It's like next to impossible. Mm-hmm. So I would say like pre COVID, I, you know, I have a big wild family, lots of nieces and nephews, like, you know, that I used to spend a lot of time with. And, and that was really great. Like that was such joyful recharge time for me. Yeah. I, feel the void of not having that in my life for Mm -hmm. sure. And like, you know, my brother lives in LA. One of my best friends lives in San Francisco. I used to go visit once a year, they would come visit. So it was like, you know, not having had that in like almost two years. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, but I would say, how do I turn off work right now? Okay. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell, I'll tell you the story of how I got this microphone. Yes. Oh my God. Please tell me this beautiful that microphone. Sort of factors into it. Oh my God. For everyone who's not it's on very Patreon, affordable. she signed on. It is affordable. She signed on looking like a goddamn podcaster. Let me just tell you. And I was like, were like oh. $20. They look so cute. You look so professional. And so, I mean, you always look gorgeous and stylish, but you look so professional like podcaster right now. You're very kind. I'm just honest. Just call you first thing every morning. You can do that. Maybe I'll get less nervous around you if you call me every morning. So I am always into like different creative projects and stuff, but because it's COVID, it's really, really hard. So like my first thing was baking. I was Mm. like, I'm going to get really good at baking. And then I did. You can only make so many cakes. You can only make, (laughs) you could only, and like, I was like getting into making these like really like, and and so it all came to a point when I spent seven hours making (laughs) a carrot cake because I, this is awful, but this is, this is before I met my boyfriend. 
but I was seeing somebody. It was the first person I had like pandemic dated. Mm. Theoretically, he could hear this podcast, but I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) Are you listening, carrot cake man? Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. So you have to like commit to spending time together. So it was Mm. like, we talked for a while and then we decided, okay, we'll spend a weekend together. And then um, on this weekend, I had like a horrible GI episode and threw up for eight hours and he had to call 911. And I was like carted away in in an ambulance. No. True story. Wait, was this because of the carrot cake? The GI? No, 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 no. No, this was the first, this was like step one was the ambulance. (laughs) Step one ambulance. That is a big step one. Okay. And so anyways, so I was like, okay, like we'll just do over. Let's just pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. Another weekend. Let's try this. Let's try this again. Yeah. And then I was like, "Mm -mm, I don't think I like him, but I was like, I need to give this one more weekend to find out one more weekend. But you already knew you didn't like him, but you were like, let's give it another weekend. No, I I was like, I I wasn't, I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I was like, I don't know how I feel feel, but I'm down to like, give it another weekend. Yes. Yes. Five minutes after the weekend commenced, I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, not interested. And you still have so much more of the weekend. So much. To go. Oh yes. Oh yeah. So I was oh, like, no. well, I need to start. It is time for me to start like fixing my baking thing. Oh, okay. He was, <laughs> okay, he was it. like, he was a writer. So he was like always into like writing. He was cool to just like write whatever. Okay. And I was like, and so one day I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to make a carrot cake. And yeah. I was like, oh, that sounds really good. I'm like, but I'm going to get really elaborate with it. He's like, oh yeah, that's fine. Do your thing. Like, obviously the vibe wasn't that great. If he was cool to just like write on his laptop and I was happy. And then the, the, my best friend always makes fun of me because I was almost done. And I was like, oh, now I have to hang out with him. Oh no. What am I going to do? <laughs> you just keep baking the same carrot cake. I was like, oh, <sighs> I could make like this garnish that goes on top. These like candy girls. The recipe says that'll take 70 minutes. I was like, all right, I guess I'm making simple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> 70 minutes. Here we go. Did you just cook? For, did you just bake for the whole weekend? I put about like six or seven hours into making this. It oh was like God. an insane. It was, it was like a a Pinterest cake. <gasps> do you have a picture? You have to email me a picture of this. I'll send cake you a after. picture. Well, okay. Now please I feel do. like I'm hyping it up. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't, but it was, it was double layered. It was double. Okay. Layered. Like that's a big deal. I think so. I, I it also took a long time. Yeah. Anyways, it took all of my energy because I haven't made a cake. Since. I haven't made a carrot cake since I've made like easy cakes. I've made like one bowl chocolate cakes, which are like that's like nothing. It's a quick little thing. Well, now probably carrot cakes might also have like a shitty association, maybe. Oh no, a carrot cake is delicious. They're so good. My my partner can't have dairy. And so for his birthday this year or last, I don't know, it was a COVID birthday. I like looked up how to make um a dairy-free, was it vegan? I don't know. Carrot cake. It was so good. I made my own cream cheese. Oh my god. I bet so you, good. yeah. Oh, yeah. Dairy, you know what? Alicia, my my colleague, Alicia. Yep. Uh, yep. My sister wife. Your sister. Oh my gosh. Alex was listening to the episode. She is vegan mm-hmm. and she has intro. She's like the first person to introduce me to non-dairy cheese. That was like actually tasty. Yeah. Have you ever had she's 
She's no, I have not, but I fucking love that name. No, I've S- never had. I think she's. it's S H E E Z E. It's like cream cheese. Where it's okay. She's and it's, uh, it's tasty. Okay. I'm going to get it. I've only had one dairy free cream cheese and it was, um, so bloomers, which is near Ossington station, vegan restaurant, everybody go to bloomers. It's so wonderful. They have really good vegan cream cheese. And then I just called them one day and asked them like, Hey, where do you get your cream cheese? It's so good. And it was called like tofruity or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I get that one sometimes. And that's how I made the cream cheese icing. I just used a lot of tofruity. I mean, it gets expensive, but it was such a good vegan carrot yeah. cake. Is this yeah. the cheese? Cheese. Oh my God. Cheese. She's please. I'm going to, I'm going to try she's cream. She's cream. She's, I mean, the, the name is so much better than tofruity. It was like really I'm good. It, it was right. really good. Thanks. And Alicia. I feel like that would be the original flavor. I feel like would be a good. Yeah. She makes, am- she makes amazing food. She's an amazing cook. I don't eat oh. any of, I wouldn't eat any of the food that she makes. Cause it's very healthy. <laughs> and like, I have eh. the palate of a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hey, have you heard? The Liquid Courage podcast is now on Patreon. Patreon is a subscription-based platform that allows you to support your favorite artists while receiving fun, exclusive perks for doing so. Head over to liquidcourage.com to find out more, or go directly to the podcast Patreon page at patreon.com slash liquidcouragepodcast. See you there. Okay. So I want to ask you, I would bet that a good percentage of the listeners and viewers of this show uh, might be actors. And so I'm curious, what is something actors could start doing or stop doing that might really help their agents out a little bit more? Okay. Let me see here. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So one thing that I think actors, and this is like, I I, want to like make sure that if I'm that I'm saying like good things that will apply to like, so if I were an actor, Mm -hmm. I would always make sure that I had up to date, really strong headshots. Mm. Do you hear that actors having an up to date, good headshot. And when I mean good, I mean, like, you know, there's a wide range of photographers out there. Mm -hmm. Um, there's lots of different, there's, there's a lot of great photographers out there. They all have different price points, but you, there's a difference between like an outdoor portrait and a professional headshot. It's just different. Mm -hmm. It's just different. You know, like it's, it's just a different vibe. We all know when we see like a really like amazing headshot where you're just like that, that's a strong one. That's a headshot. That's a good one. That's a good one. You know, it's just, I feel like there's so much competition you wouldn't ever, you just don't want to give anybody a reason to say no. Mm-hmm. There's already so many reasons why folks can say no to you. So having a strong headshot. And like, for me personally, as an agent, when I'm doing a push for a client, if I'm sending a push and I'm attaching like a five-year-old headshot, <laughs> right. it, it doesn't feel yeah. like I feel more confident mm-hmm. having the most current up-to-date strongest materials. Mm-hmm. It's also too, like, I mean, listen, I'm not an actor and I don't look, I, I don't have the same hair that I did two years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't have the same hairstyle. I don't have the same hair color. I don't feel the same as a person. And, and that stuff matters, especially when, you know, this is the business of feelings. It really mm-hmm. is because it's about ac- accessing. It's not necessarily about feeling your feelings. Don't be a feelings monster. 
Don't be a feelings monster and make your feelings other people's problem. Mm. We're in the business of feelings. It's a craft, but it's a business. So you have to be able to be in touch with and to access those feelings in a controlled way, in a professional way. Mm -hmm. And I love that you say also it's a feelings business because it's also like, like when you said, yeah, I, I have different hair. Like a lot of the time, the headshot, I think we, we think of how it looks like, oh, well, my haircut's the same. My eyebrow shape is the same, whatever. I don't look, I don't look different, but saying, yeah, I'm a different person than I was two years ago. So I'm going to emit different things in a photo than I did two years ago. And in the business of feelings when so often, I mean, we always say like, or we say so often I could walk into a commercial audition and I remind somebody of their ex-girlfriend they hate or their ex-girlfriend that they love. And you can't control that. You can't control it. And it's an, and they don't, the director or whoever doesn't even know it's a, it's an, it's an unconscious thing, even in the business of feelings of like, what feelings am I kind of igniting in other people? And what feelings am I giving off in other people? All right. Headshots. I love that. I love that answer. And you can tell like, especially when I was working in commercial casting more often and like, you know, you get all the submissions and you see them all, all the headshots as little thumbnails. Oh yeah. That's okay. You see so them. That's, an, that's another thing that I think people don't know. Oh, the little thumbnails, the thumbnails, the thumbnails, people know about the thumbnails, the thumbnails. <laughs> the thumbnails. I'm now loving the word thumbnails. It is important because when you have a picture and your head is a third of the, of the composition and the rest is your body, your face gets kind of lost in the thumbnail. And it's not to say that like no one will ever expand a photo, no. but that's the first thing that comes up. Mm-hmm. The thumbnails. Well, this is an audio medium. <laughs> that's okay. On Patreon, just... they can see, they can see yeah. your fingers doing it. Yeah. So it's, it's small, so it's got to pop. Mm-hmm. And so like, and so like if I'm looking at clients' headshots, I mean, obviously they need to look good big. Mm-hmm. But I also like, does it look good in small form also? Does it look, yeah. Does the little thumbnail look good? God. And it's also so hard because I think everybody is sort of their worst critique or like their critic, or it's really hard to get that objective view. And I find it so much easier. Like if I'm watching a self tape of myself or like an, an audition that I've recorded, I can be more objective than if I'm looking at a photo because I, it's just a different medium. Like I just don't. Because it's you moving know? and you can't give your eye like your maybe. I don't know. Maybe oh. it's like your eye can't focus. I don't know. Maybe it's because your eye has to, maybe it does something different to the brain because it's like a moving picture. And it can't like, it's not going to critique it in the same way. Cause it's like, oh, well now how you look, looks a little different. Cause you turned or you moved or I, I see so many people posting, like, here's the 20 headshots that I took or that I got back on Facebook. Like everyone let me know which ones you like. And I always just run away. I'm like, it's a deep, dark hole. I'm not going to act like, I don't think it's helpful. I would rather just pick some that I feel like really look like me and make me feel like it represents me and then just send it to my agent. That's what I send it to you. Be like, Alex, which ones do you think would work? The voting scares me. So, yeah, I mean, you have to, you have to be, you have to be, I think obviously like, you know, you're paying for your headshots and you have to feel comfortable with what's going out. But I think if you've got a really good relationship with your agent and you trust them and, and, you know, you, if you as the actor know that your agent is looking out for your best interests and has a really great trajectory for you in mind, you should trust them to be like, listen, this is sort of what I would go with. And yeah, but like, if somebody hates a photo, I'm not going to be like, you must use this photo. No, totally. I just think it's not always helpful. Me personally, if I would to put up like the 10 options on Facebook and have like my cousins and my friends and everybody vote and decide which one it stresses me out. I'm like, it doesn't give me information that's helpful. That is honestly 
that, so when my cousin, when I was her maid of honor, I went mm-hmm. wedding dress shopping with her and like <laughs> her and her mom and my mom and my grandmother. And I think somebody else was there and it was just so many people. And I was like, this is no good. That's the perfect equivalent. That is exactly like when you watch say yes to the dress and they bring 30 people instead of like three. Well, and I remember my mom was like, you're in a real surly mood. My mother doesn't sound like that. (laughs) She does on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's how everyone knows her here. You're in a real surly mood. I'm like, yeah, like this is this. I feel like you guys have set up, like you have intentionally set up like a bad vibe situation. Yeah. Too many people. I was uh, no too many cooks in the kitchen. It's like, I'm going across the street, get myself some chicken fingers. (laughs) No, thank you. No, I'll get some chicken fingers. Call me when you pick the dress, Alex, I could talk to you forever. Oh my God. Okay. To wrap up. I always like to ask like a little handful of random questions. I call them rapid fire questions, but I feel like that often just like, that's just stressful on the guests. And it's not a question like what's your favorite color. So I don't really set people up to be able to do a rapid fire, but Five disjointed questions to end for us. Okay, love it. Okay, so my first question is: What famous actor would you love to represent or manage? If you, if if the world is your oyster, any actor you want, who would you love to work with? Walter Matthau. Oh, why? Interesting. I love that. Why? Oh, just like one of my all-time favorites. Like, cried when I found out he passed away. Same with Jack Lemmon, because Mm. my my dad started showing me their movies at like a pretty young age Mm. and uh and the odd couple is like one of my first movie memories and I just yeah I mean I love Jack I love Jack Lemmon but Walter Matthau in particular just always sort of just like I don't know I just really always like very much idolized him I guess as a performer what if it meant you had to go back to the days where you have to like fax a headshot and call everybody Oh yeah. Give me the facts. Give me okay, the facts great. paper. Give me the fucking facts paper. Okay. Love give that. Fa- give me the facts paper. <laughs> I love that. Um, even just in the time that I have known you or known of you, you have had your hair dyed, like every color, all the different colors. No, it's so fucking cool. It's also something I think I like fantasy. Like I kind of, I feel like I live vicariously through your photos because I just like, if I dye my hair blue, then I need to get headshots for blue hair. And if I dye my hair pink, it's not it's limited. It's not. Yeah. I, listen, I can't do it. It's just, it's funny that you think it's cool because everyone in my family is so annoyed by it because I've been at this because I've been, I mean, I started doing this when I was like 15 or 16 and now I'm 36. And so like, every time I change something, my mother will be like, again, surly mood. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Again, again, Alex. Again, my mother doesn't sound like that, but she does on this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like one of my cousins once when she was like, pregnant with one of her like four children was like she she just changes her hair so much because she wants attention or like you know somebody would say oh like you're trying to be or like you know when I was younger my mom would be like oh you're just trying to be rebellious it's not that I just genuinely like messing with my hair yeah it doesn't you don't have to pathologize it like it doesn't have to be like a problem like you know when it's like oh why it just annoys, it just annoys my family at this point. My dad's like, you just can't leave yourself alone. <laughs> it's funny because here I am like literally jump. I feel like I'm jumping out of my skin of like, I want to change my, in the past two years, I feel like I've emailed you way too many times. I'm like, Alex, I'm thinking of changing my hair. Never mind, I didn't do it. Alex, I'm doing it. I'm changing my hair. Never mind. I'm not doing it. Cause it's just, it's different. It's the upkeep and the headshots. Like 
it's just different. You gotta, yeah. My standpoint on hair change, because like, I just know from having changed my hair so many times, it does shift your energies a little bit. And I just think that anything in life that keeps you like fresh and keeps you, I don't know, just anything that's anti-stagnation is always good. Whether that's like a hair change or a new location or like a whatever, like I think change is good. Yes. And like Jonathan Van Ness on Queer Eye says that a change on the outside promotes like a shift on the, a change on the outside promotes a change on the inside. I forget forget Mm. if it's, I forget if it's a change on the outside or a shift, forget if it's change or shift, Mm. but basically a shift on the outside prompts a shift on the inside. And I think that's true. Yeah. So if somebody, if I, if a client was like, let's use you for an example, if you were like, (laughs) listen, I'm, I'm getting a buzz cut and I'm platinum blonde. Yeah. I would be like, cool. A couple things, a couple things, (laughs) a couple things to keep in mind. Yeah. Just a couple of things to keep in mind. One, you will need new headshots. So you have to be prepared to do that Two, If you hate it, you need to accept that you might hate it. And you need to like have a contingency plan in your mind Mm. or like think about a contingency plan. But other than that, if there's something like, if there's just something that you've always wanted to do, or if there's something that you feel like your soul is like, I really need to do this, or I really need a change, just do it. Like, it's just a hair change. Worst case scenario. You're like, yeah, this didn't work out. I'm going to get myself a, a nice wig. Yeah. Raquel Welch collection, or I'm sure there's better <laughs> wigs. I honestly, I, I don't wigs is something I don't know about, but, um, there are things to like really worry and freak out about. And mm-hmm. that shouldn't be one of them. Yeah, no, I agree with you. What color have you not dyed your hair yet that you want to, or that you would like to try? I don't think there is one. <laughs> okay. When I, when I wrote, thought about that question, I'm like, I was going through your Facebook and stuff. I'm like, I actually, I don't, I think you've had all the colors. So the thing that I hadn't had for the longest time mm. was like dark brown hair, which is my natural hair color, mm-hmm. which I have now. There's nothing. You've had them all. I've had them all. Anything you can think of purple, blue, pink, green, yellow, blonde, shaved, red. Yeah. You're my idol. TikTok is like really making me like, it's like everybody should shave their head once in their life. And I'm like, TikTok. It is fun. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It's really, really fun and it is beautiful, but it's going to a month after it's going to look, it's going to look weird. The grow up. Yeah. Like, like the awkward phase of like trying to grow it out. Is it that? Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's, awful. it's awful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's I awful. Don't know. Yeah. And the only way that I've ever been able, like, that's the thing. Like I've, it's been so hard for me to grow my hair because I kept like, I shaved my head a few years mm-hmm. ago and then I grew it back and I was like, I'm going to grow healthy new hair. And then I'm like six weeks later, I was like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, this is brutal. Oh, no, so I felt like, yeah, just, it was like, not, I was not into it. So I bleached it blonde to sort of, and then like sort of dyeing it colors again. And then it's just a slippery slope, slippery slope. Yeah. Once your hair is short and it's colored, it's really, for me, it was really hard to put it back darker. Yeah. Yeah. And to, and to grow it out and stuff too. No. Yeah. And my hair grows very short. Well, I'll, maybe, maybe you'll get an email in a year being like, Alex, I need a shift. Remember what Jonathan says. Yeah. yeah. I, it's shifting. I support Here it. Here we go. Oh, fucking love you. Okay. Um, what's your favorite TV? What's your, one of your favorite TV shows right now? Like, what do you, when you sit down to watch a show, what are you feeling? The answer is not great. It is good because it's coming out of your mouth, Alex. So I watch a lot of, um, true crime. <gasps> 
Oh my God, please tell me. I'm so excited. I watch a lot of true crime. And here's the thing. It's, it, it, I've seen this conversation come up a lot recently because the true crime genres, it's become incredibly popular. Mm-hmm. And there's an argument to be made that, you know, this is not, nor should it be entertainment. And I agree with that on one hand, I do. On the other hand, I think there's a lot to be learned Mm. from a lot of the true crime content out there. Some of it is just like horrible entertainment. Like, what are you going to learn from Snapped? (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, they're all right there in the title. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, um, my mom did her undergrad in sociology and criminology and she went into family law, but she's always had an interest. And when I was in grade five, we had to do a weekly report called current events at the same grade five and grade six teacher. And so I had to do this every week for two years and other kids would be, I remember like taking my current events to class and like so excited to read mine and other kids would get up and they would be like the Toonie. Today, Canada introduces the Toonie and it would be like the Olympic Games. And I was like, and I just remember getting up in front of my class and being like, Nancy Kerrigan felt the sting of the bad. Like, I just was like, my mom and I would like, and my teacher, I just remember my teacher being like like, very horrified, but I always would get a 10 out of 10. And I'm sure my poor teacher was like, that Kasmin kid is going to have some problems. And my mom is like a little, got a little flair for the dramatic and she would help me like write them. And we would always make them like, so I was like, get them over to the class being like, the minutes were taken down to the execution. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. She wrote like a novel. No, like, like I, would, beautiful... I would, I would write them. Like we would have these discussions about them and like, we would, we would do them together. And like, I didn't think, I didn't think anything of it at the time. It wasn't until I got older and I was like, oh my God, they probably, they were, they were probably like, just give her 10 out of 10. Like something really dark is going on yeah, with her. Like yeah, just like, give, listen, her the, listen, give her the, give her the We don't know what Paul is telling her at home. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just give her the 10 out of 10. Give her the 10. We don't want her to get in trouble for getting a low grade. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I can imagine my teacher like seeing me around him with my shaved head being like, oh, that poor girl. She's still because <laughs> he was he was a Hasidic Jew. I think I think he thought I had like the devil within me. Just like give her a 10 out of 10. She has bigger problems. She's dealing with the devil. Oh, my God. Little did he know you were just you were just really interested in true crime. I heard something. I'm going to butcher this and like but I heard a butcher <laughs> a true crime pun. I heard this on like TikTok or something where um. I guess like, so there's this woman on, uh, on TikTok and her account is she like shares true crime stories. And I guess there was a, a, a lot of, uh, men, mostly cis white men coming at her, like critiquing like, Oh my God, why do you care so much about cr- true crime? Oh my God. You're so, you're a sociopath. You're so dark. And she came out, I'm going to brutal it, but how she said it was great. She basically said like, no, you watch the, when you watch true crime, you see it through the eyes of you're usually the perpetrator. I'm watching it as somebody who's typically the victim. So I'm actually like subconsciously, my gut is taking notes of how to survive. I'm not watching it as the perpetrator. There are things that I do differently now because I've watched, but interestingly enough, Mm. my boyfriend's dad was a uh, crown attorney. Oh, interesting. And he worked on some pretty brutal cases Mm. and when I met my boyfriend, he was talking to me about his parents. You know, when we got to this, oh, what do your parents do? And he told me about what his dad did. I was like, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> and then the, the first time I met them, 
in the car, like as we got closer and closer to the house, I was like getting so nervous. And and he's like, are you okay? And I was like, how, how long, how long do you think I have to wait before I ask him about like, (laughs) yeah, totally. Like what, what would be appropriate? Like five minutes, two minutes. How long do I have to wait? I want to know everything. Oh my God. Match made in heaven. But I do, I, 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 so I do, I do watch a lot of that, but, um, I do watch a lot of movies. I watch more movies Mm. than TV series. Mm -hmm. What's like your favorite movie, the last movie that you watched? I can tell you the last movie that I watched because it was yeah. just the night before last. It was called Things Heard and Seen with Amanda Seyfried. Oh, I have that on my list. Is it good? Okay. So my m- one of my best pals sent me this list because she lives in San Francisco. So we watch movies like we have long distance movie dates. Mm. And she sent me this list. It's called 30 Job Dropping Thrillers to Stream on Netflix. So we're Ooh. working our way through it. We're working our way through. Oh my it. god, I love that. Okay. And I've already seen a bunch of them. Like, so we just watched things heard and seen. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and we also watched. Sorry, we watched. There's someone inside your house. Oh, I have not seen that one. It it was like I was like, there's someone inside your house. Like, I feel like everything I need to know about the movie is right <laughs> in the title. title. And yeah. sometimes that's like exactly exactly what you want. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you need that, especially during the pandemic. I want to, I want predictable shit. I want to know what's yeah, going to happen. But yeah. Hush is on here. That's a great one. That is a good one. you seen Hush? Yes. Hush is so, I love Freaky. Hush. I, okay. So I'm a big fan of um, films where it's a small cast. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Hush that I didn't realize until like about 45 minutes into it, that she doesn't say anything. There's like no dialogue in it. Oh, now I want to rewatch it. Cause I don't think I was conscious of that while I was watching it. She's deaf. Oh my God. I watched that movie so long ago. Wait, Alex, now I'm, du- now I'm, now I'm double. I'm second guessing myself here. Hold on a second. Cause I'm like, wait, she's deaf. There is. Okay. There is Hold a on, movie, I think there is the right a movie move. from the nineties with Jessica Lange and Gwyneth Paltrow called Hush. Wait, isn't this the one where there's a guy who's blind and they're trying to steal from him in the house? Oh no, that's, 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 I've seen that one. That's called, I hold on. I think that's called don't say a word. <gasps> that is called don't say a word, which is another way of saying hush. So I fucked it up. Which one is hush? So yeah, that, oh no, no, we're getting, we're, we're getting it wrong. What? Don't say a word. <laughs> don't say a word is the one with Brittany Murphy when she's like, I'll never tell. I'll never tell. I say that all the time. All the time. When that movie came out, my mom would not stop saying that. <laughs> oh, it's called Don't Breathe. The one with the Don't blind breathe. guy is called Don't Breathe. Don't Breathe. Right. Because he has very good hearing. That's what it is. So Hush is, it's from 2016 and it's about um, a deaf horror author. And she she um, has lost her abilities to hear and speak after contracting bacterial meningitis at the age of 13. So she is okay on a, she's writing in a cabin and basically, yeah, there is somebody who's after her. Oh my God. You want to know a fun fact about that? I've never seen hush, but the only way I know it is because I watched uh, midnight mass by the same guy. I haven't seen that. Okay. So funny in hush, they needed a book that she would be writing. I looked yeah. this up after, cause I was like looking up, I was researching for midnight mass midnight. What am I saying? Midnight mass. Anyway. So the book that she was writing, the writer of that movie was like, Oh, well I'm writing a novel. So here you can just use this. The novel was turned into the show midnight mass. And he wrote that one. And so it's, so it's the same lead 
actress. She's great. She's also in like The Haunting of Hill House, Bly Manor. I haven't seen that. Ooh, they're like they're like creepy ones on Netflix. I haven't they're seen that. TV series. So I want to watch Hush, and I'm gonna watch things things unheard. No, what is it? Was I mean, things seen and heard? Yes, it was okay. Oh, it was okay. And I didn't love it. Okay, all right. I didn't love it. Maybe we'll start with Hush. Have you seen Creep? No. Oh, Creep is so good. So maybe we'll start with Creep. So Creep is um, it's a two hander. It's Mark oh. Duplass and this other gentleman whose name escapes me right now, mm. who is the writer and director of it. So what it is, is, is uh, a videographer gets hired to this guy hires him to like film him for a couple of days. He wants to leave like a last will and Testament sort of video message for his unborn child. So he wants this videographer to like hang out with him for a weekend and it just shit gets real weird, real fast. Oh my God. Oh, okay. so that's the premise. Videographer answers Craigslist ad man seeks videographer to help him document like a final goodbye to his unborn baby. Cause his wife's pregnant. Two actors, mm. handheld camera, no script. Oh, <gasps> really cool. And they made a sequel that wasn't as good. Right. But wow. Yeah. It's just a really cool concept. Okay. So that's like, that's, I really, I really like that stuff. I really like, I saw this neat movie on Netflix called the guilty with Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. Yeah. I've seen, I haven't seen it, but I've seen like the poster for it on Netflix. It's, it's an interesting movie. It's like, how do I, is it good? I enjoyed it. (laughs) Here's the thing. I enjoyed it, but it was just like very, like, it was like, it was one of those movies where it was like, okay, Netflix knows that they can probably like you know, do really well and not spend a, like it was, it was, it's one, lo, it's one location, a handful of actors. Most, you know, it's all over the phone. It is a really cool performance. Oh, okay. I'm going to watch all these movies. It is a really, it is, it is a really cool performance. I did. I did enjoy it. Okay. I did enjoy it, but I was just like, I, oh, you know what it was? I was like, I get why they made it, but I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I, was, I think I enjoyed it because I, I enjoy watching an actor carry a film, but he's, Mm. he plays this cop who didn't do very good things. Like he's, it's not a redeeming character. Like Mm. I, after watching it, I was like, these movies don't need to get made. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. I was like, I was like, as a watch, like it was an interesting watch. I thought Mm -hmm. it was cool to see one actor carry it all through, but I'm like, these kinds of movies after it was done, I turned to Greg and I was like, these kinds of movies, like don't need to be made. Yeah. Greg was like, yeah, it was a shitty cop. I don't care what happens to him. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's like use the money and the platform to tell a different story. If it's this or something else, tell something else. I don't need to empathize with a shitty cop anymore. I'm good. We have enough of those. Yeah. So it was, so we watched it. Yeah. We watched it. It was like a family movie night. So Mm -hmm. that's what, that's what, that's what we watched. We watched. I love it. That's what we watched. And I, yeah, I watched it and I was like, interesting, interesting watch satisfying watch they don't need to make these movies <laughs> yeah wouldn't recommend like don't need to recommend so maybe i'll skip that one but i'll watch hush i have wanted to watch hush and i just completely forgot of the name of the movie i just have wanted to watch that one and i want to watch um the amanda is it cyfred seyfred i don't know amanda Seyfried. the amanda one cyfred amanda cyfred love her also if you're a fan of documentaries mm-hmm, i am horror noir on Shutter is a really amazing docu-series. Okay. It's all about the history of the way black people have been portrayed in horror films. 
Horror noir. Oh, love. Okay. I absolutely will on shutter. Oh my God. Look at all of these recos. Like everybody you're welcome. Also, Alex, thank you. I'm yeah. loving this. Um, okay. You mentioned it's so funny. Cause I didn't know this about you, but you mentioned that you like to pick up different creative hobbies and stuff. So I'm curious, what is a new skill or hobby that you would love to like take a class in or like learn and you haven't gotten around to doing it yet? Nail art. I want to learn how oh, I want to learn how to one. do like, I want to learn how to do crazy nails. Yes. Okay. I love that. Oh my God. I love that so much. Um, and then lastly, what I ask every guest this to end, what's something you're feeling grateful for today? I'm feeling grateful to have a job. Honestly, I feel grateful to have a job. I feel grateful to have a roof over my head. Like I know that that might sound silly, but I'm just like, I'm every, every like the pandemic has been really, really hard. And mm -hmm. I think we've all had a lot of ups and downs. And when I'm feeling really, really, you know, really crappy, I just think to mm -hmm. myself, like, I have a home, I'm warm, I'm safe. There's food in the fridge. I have a job, you know, every day might not be amazing right now. There might be some really hard days and there might be some days where I just like I'm struggling. We're mm -hmm. all struggling some days these days. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, but no, I'm, I'm grateful that I have a home and a job and like family. Mm. That's beautiful. That's yeah. great. I'm grateful for my, for my boyfriend. He puts up with, he puts up with a lot of wild crap. <laughs> He puts up with a lot of carrot cakes. Um, will you still be my agent? Oh, come on. Okay. Thanks, Alex. Well, I'll, I'll let everybody know. She emails me in 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm like the most boring <laughs> guest this podcast has ever had. So now, Alex, literally so many guests say exactly what you're saying. They'll be like, I don't think like, was no, that but a this good is going to be, this no. is going to be the one. No, it's not. I fucking had the best time. Thank you so much for doing this with me, Alex. Like Thank I know you for having me in researching. I told you, like, it's not like I can find a million podcasts that you're on or a bunch of like interviews and stuff. Oh, like, it, thr it thrilled stealth. me to know that there was very little to, oh, that just, that, that's just like soothes the soul. That's just like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's harmony right there. I when you told me that you couldn't find anything on the online. I was like, yeah. oh yes. That's not what that you're grateful like, for today. <laughs> well, no, but it's like, not that there's even like anything you know, no, it's not like there's just, something to hide, but it's just, I think it is comforting to know, like, I don't know. It's a little uneasy thinking if there's like everything about you just out on the internet, but no, yeah, I just feel like I'm very like out there person. And I always wish that I could maintain like more mystery, but I don't, oh. I don't, I don't know how, because I just, Oh, I think you're very mysterious. Oh, really? Oh. Yes. Oh my God. You found yes. On the internet. Anything mysterious. Can I yes. come back? No, I just, I'm like, I feel like it's just, I feel like it's always just all out there. So any, any drop of mystery that I can yeah. like steal away from myself. I was like, yeah. Oh my God. You're so much. I mean, I know that I've made you a little bit less mysterious and you like coming and being so generous and opening yourself up to audiences, but you are so fucking cool and mysterious. You're far too nice to me. Oh, thank you. 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 Oh my God. You are very oh. cool. And you're a wonderful host. I definitely feel more comfortable. Oh, well, you're a wonderful Liz. Liz, can you tell that she's more comfortable? Let us know. Liz Let will know, listen. Liz. Liz will Liz Liz. Hi, yes. Liz. She's we are friends. Hi, Liz. I remember on her last day, like at, at like a minute after her last day, I called her and I was like, now we're just friends. Sorry, that was so loud. <laughs> That's fine. They're good. It sounded like my the impression of my mom. That doesn't actually sound like her. <laughs> oh, well, Alex, I've taken up so much of your time. Thank you so much for doing this again. I so appreciate it. Come Thank back anytime. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're so wonderful. And I hope I'll talk to you soon. I'll email you tomorrow when I'm like 
I dyed my hair orange. I look, hey, my response, hey, now now you have proof of my answer. Be like, you said I could do whatever I want. I just have to get you headshots. You said it, it's right here. Here are the new headshots. Let me know which ones you want. I didn't put them on Facebook. Yep. (laughs) You'd be like, I didn't ask because if you will refer to timestamp, yeah. So-and-so, I'll just, I'll just get the little okay. video Here's clip. <laughs> yeah, I'll just send it to you. Your audio quote. Um, hey, I say go for it. Just, yeah. Just get those headshots. Live your life. Be who you are on the inside. Reflect it on the outside. <laughs>